maybe seated. Take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you that uh, no matter where we are right now, Lord, we know that you are with us. And Lord, we ask as you come to us, Lord, as we meet you in that moment, that you would speak, that we would receive the things that you want to say and do into our hearts and minds. And uh, Lord, that you still the noise around us, Lord, that you keep us still so that we could just focus on being in your presence this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to say this Sunday is different than any other previous Sunday would be an understatement. If you would have asked me a week or two ago um, if we would be completely rethinking how we worship or how we remain a community in Christ, I would have said, this is crazy. This would have never been the plan moving forward. But here, uh, now, we're adapting uh, as a result of COVID-19, and adapt we will. The way that we're doing ministry right now has changed. The way that we're communicating, the way that uh, we're figuring out that we can still be the body of Christ, still reach out, those things have changed the way that we do it. But what I know for certain is the mission hasn't changed. That God still so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that uh, he, his His Hard is for us to continue on that mission in any way that we could figure out or do that or continue to be the body of Christ, Christ he's called us to be. And what I know for certain is as we adapt, the kingdom of God still advances. And that his kingdom is advancing right now. Even things we can't see or fully understand that his kingdom advances. And today in Psalm 23 which many of us are familiar or, or might have memorized along the way, similar to a verse like John 3.16, which I just mentioned. But I believe for such a time as this, that, that we need to pay close attention to what David is teaching us in the psalm, what David is saying, what, what, he's, what he's singing to the Lord in the psalm and reflecting on, and how that is so relevant for us right now in this moment, because so much has changed around us. But the mission hasn't changed, and the kingdom is the same, and the kingdom will continue to advance. But what we know, need to know is we have to have that message in our heart, and why Psalm 23 is important to us, and what we can take from that this morning and begin to realize how God is with us. It says in Psalm 23, verse 1 through 3, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. First line in the psalm is really declaring what we need to pay attention to. The Lord is my shepherd. It means that I first and foremost have to make that declaration, that proclamation of who Christ is. And is he your shepherd? And saying the Lord is my shepherd. If, if, if I'm saying the Lord is my shepherd, that's saying that I'm willing to surrender the control of my life, my will, my ways uh, over to him and allow him to take control and begin to take that lead in my life and how necessary that is. When we surrender, what we discover is we have nothing to lose, but we have everything to gain. The Lord is my shepherd. And the first thing that we need to realize that if we're saying the Lord is my shepherd, we're allowing the Lord to lead. 
David's saying, he's my shepherd. And we're saying, Lord, you're my shepherd. I'm allowing the Lord to lead. What we know for certain is the Lord will meet us at our point of need, in all our needs, that, that he'll meet us in the moment, that we don't have to worry about what tomorrow brings, that for today his mercies are new, and that he will continue to provide day by day, and that uh, we trust in the Lord and know that his provision will come, and that, that, our, that he will meet our demands and things for us that are precious to continue, that he meets all our needs. The Lord will give us peace that he is the peace in the midst of any storm in our lives, regardless of our situation, that God is with us, that he is that peace, knowing that the Lord will restore us and he'll renew us in this very moment, that he continues to renew us moment by moment in that relationship with him as we allow the Lord to lead. The Lord will lead us down a path of righteousness, not unrighteousness or destruction if he is leading. But the first question is, do I let him lead? Is he my shepherd? Is the Lord leading me? Am I allowing him to lead through all those things? Am I allowing him to help me follow him in the path that he has for me? That his path is perfect and it's a path of righteousness, never a path of destruction. David goes on in verse four and he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We're all experiencing a valley right now. And the best thing we could do right now as we're experiencing a valley is keep walking. That we don't stop. That we understand that, that, that we don't camp in the valley. We want to walk through it together. And that we're called to continue to walk through that valley. He reminds us that how important it is that we keep walking. And if we keep walking, we will fear no evil. The Lord is with us. It says his rod and his staff, it gives us strength. It gives us strength so that we can keep walking, that we can persevere through any trial, through any circumstance. See, it's his rod, it's his staff, not our rod and our staff. It's him who does the leading. The Lord does the leading. And his rod and his staff, they guide us, they lead us, they protect us. It, it holds us up. It gives us strength and gives us comfort. David continues in verse 5 through 6. He says, And he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He said that you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To be reminded that the Lord is faithful, that he is faithful, and his love endures forever. The Lord is faithful with us. And the Lord, who's faithful, on the night before he was arrested, he prepared a table in the presence of his enemies, that Soon as we get closer to Holy Week, we're going to be reminded of that. And we're in this fourth week of Lent that, that God prepared a table, that God prepared what was next. And he prepared a table in the face of his enemies, of those who would come against him. In Matthew 26, verse 26 through 28, we're reminded of this. As Jesus is in the upper room for the Passover and he's gathered the disciples with him and reminding them of what's essential and what's important. And, and as they gather in verse 26, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, 
This is my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of my new covenant which is shed for you and many for the remission of sins. The Lord is faithful. He's given us victory over our enemy. He's anointed us and he's blessing us, a blessing that we can't contain, that the Lord has set a table before our enemies. And that we're reminded that he set that table. But we're also reminded that he's the one who gives us victory over our enemies. That he's victorious. And that his blessings we can't contain. When it says it overflows, that that we can't hold back all that God wants to pour out into our lives. But what we have to do is be the vessel to receive that blessing. That that we declare that he's our shepherd. And when uh, trials come... And we're in that valley that we don't fear that evil, but that God is with us, that he's comforting us, he's he's strengthening us, that he's guiding us, that he's leading us, and that he's making us victorious even in this moment, that we have that victory in Jesus Christ and that we're reminded of that and the victory that he's given us. But now is a time that we're reminded to be faithful, to be faithful to the Lord. It's time to be faithful because the Lord is faithful to us Do not let fear rob your faith. Feed your faith and starve your fears. And how important is that for us to remember in such a time as this where we're anxious, we're fearful, there's doubt, there's uncertainty. We don't understand what tomorrow will bring. Each day is new information, but God is with us. And he's our shepherd and he leads us. And he tells us to keep walking. That he is faithful. That's reminding us that we have to keep our faith. The way that we keep our faith or the greatest weapon that we have is prayer. And prayer is simply this. Prayer is a way that we communicate with our creator and strengthen our relationship with him. Prayer is how we feed our faith. It's, It's prayer is where we begin to build that relationship with who he is and how he's called us to himself. It's prayer in that place that we meet him, in that moment that that line of communication is open and that our prayers aren't limited. They don't hit a ceiling. They They don't stop at a certain point, but they're continuing to be received and he's meeting us in that place of prayer. And then when he meets us in that place of prayer, we're strengthened and encouraged as a result of him meeting us there. And what he's doing each moment is he's hearing our prayers and he's answering those prayers. But We have to forge that relationship with him in that place through prayer. That prayer is what strengthens and feeds our faith. Romans 12.12 says, Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing steadfastly in prayer. That we rejoice in the hope of who Christ is. That that we're patient in in that trial, in the tribulation, in that time. But we're continuing steadfastly in prayer. That we remain steadfast in our prayer. We serve a relational God who is with us. And he desires a personal relationship with each one of us. That we are his creation. And as his creation, as he's formed us and made us and created us in his image, he desires a a relationship with us. And the way that we have that relationship is through communication. Is in that place of prayer. And I believe now, in this time, in such a moment, that our prayer lives need to radically change. Whatever we were doing before, we need more of it. 
or we need to add to it or expand it or figure out ways that we haven't prayed before and new ways that we can pray now, that we can cry out to the Lord, that we can seek him with our whole heart, mind, and strength. And what does that look like? Because he desires to dwell with us and be in that relationship. We too should desire to dwell and be in that relationship with him in response. And it comes together in that moment as we begin to pray, that we meet him in the moment. Just like he and the Father were one, so too we we can be one through the power of prayer. And we have to press into a place of that continual, steadfast prayer. That it will be different. That there will be things that we've added into our lives in a way that we seek him. It's through prayer that we're encouraged and we grow in that very relationship with who he is. And also we grow stronger together as we pray. And that importance of not just our personal relationship with who Christ is, but that relationship with one another. And how we come together as we're, we're still this body of Christ. And, you know, when we set out those months ago and the Lord gave us 40 days of community, uh, I just know that he's called us as a church to be a community that is in Christ. And that it's, it's not a building that contains that, but it's the people of God that make up the body of Christ. And then he reminded us that we represent so many places throughout Long Island, Brooklyn, and Queens that actually this church represents 70 zip codes. And in each zip code, we can go and be a community in Christ and reach those around us. And uh, we had marching orders and all these plans and preparations and how we're going to take back our communities and what we're going to do. And lo and behold, we have to cause this degree of separation all of a sudden. And it's not what we were expecting. And it's not what we thought would happen. But, but God had a plan in this that we're still that body of Christ and that we're still stronger together and that we come together for that prayer. In Matthew 18, 20, it says, for two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And when we pray, we have to know that we're not alone, that God is with us, that, that our prayer fosters community with him and fosters community with one another. And the more that we pray, the more things change. And the more that things change, the more we pray. Prayer is that center place where it begins. All things through that place and how important that is. We have to be reminded of this as the Lord draws us to that relationship with him. The importance of that. And there's things right now that we have to put on prayer and expand our prayer and, and, and continue with the Lord. And there's suggestions right now that we can do. And how do we pray? How do we increase our, our, our prayer life? And how do we increase prayer together? And as we have uh, been told, there's this social distancing that we're being called now to shelter in place, which is wisdom. And that we want to be smart and we don't want to get sick and we don't want to get others sick. And We'll do whatever it takes to flatten that curve. But what I believe, it's Jesus who flattens the curve. I believe it's him who makes the way. And because we have social distancing, that doesn't mean social disengagement. That doesn't mean isolation in a place that I just forget about everyone who's around me. That I disconnect every relationship that I have. But we're innovative and we're creative in ways that we keep engaged with one another. And how do we continue to be that community in Christ that we can still connect together, 
That there's still ways that we can press in with one another and be the body of Christ and represent Christ all around us to our neighbors in front of us, next to us, uh, behind us, on our block, and ways that we can engage that, that we might be that very household on our block or in our community that's bringing hope to the rest of the community or the rest of the block. And that's what we're called to do. So we might have to isolate or separate or shelter in place, but don't disengage those relationships, first and foremost with the Lord. Second is with one another. And that we continue to pray and press in together and be that community in Christ. And there's things that we could do right now, like gather around our table together as a family and start there. And if we want to change the world, the first thing we got to learn to do is go home and love our families and work through those things together. And as we build that love and that relationship around that table, each home could be a community in Christ representing that. And we gather and and we can have a meal together and pray together and fellowship together and serve one another and think of ways outside the box to serve those around us. There's questions that are going to be sent out and posted that you can follow along from today's sermon. I'll ask how you can pray in different ways and address those questions. And begin to have those conversations together as a family, first and foremost. There's things that we are going to implement, like senior shopping, or for those who can't leave the house and can't go out right now. And how can we serve the community at large that are are home and can't leave or need medication? We're going to figure out a way that we can be the church, that we can continue to serve and love one another. But I'm sure there's someone on your block or someone who can't leave or someone that you can serve or someone that you can help and be Christ to those around us and Things that we could do is begin to pray together and maybe set up a time each day. Grab a prayer partner. You could FaceTime or get on the phone and make a said time each day that you're going to meet and engage and pray for one another and pray for those around you. That you can go to our app or our website and you can find the daily office there and you can begin a discipline or gather your family and begin to read the scriptures and put that discipline of daily prayer, putting that first and foremost. The church is going to have Zoom meetings and those meetings are going to be for various groups, for prayer, uh, communities in Christ will begin to set up ways that they could Zoom together and, and still be connected within our communities and praying together and you can connect each day here at 12 o'clock that we will stream the new Eucharist and continue to meet and make that an appointment with God and to show up continue to invite friends and family to sign online in ways that they can be involved in ways that they can be engaged there's ways that we can think outside the box and although the way we do ministry might have changed for now The mission remains the same. And we have to be reminded that the mission remains the same. That we continue to share the gospel. That God's kingdom is advancing right now. And that we know that. So as a church, we must remain steadfast in prayer. Be strong and courageous because our God is with us. He is our shepherd. Let's keep walking together because the Lord is faithful. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that you meet us right where we're at. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to earn your love, but you show it, Lord, that even while we're still sinners, you died for us. That, Lord, we don't have to figure out how to get our lives together to meet you in that moment, but that you meet us in that moment. So right now, Lord, where we're at in our homes and with our families and 
Father, we need you. We need all of you to lead us, Lord. Lead us this day. Help us to keep walking, Lord, through our valley. Show us, Lord, how we can be faithful to your faithfulness with us. Now, if you're watching right now, and maybe it's your first time you've signed on to watch uh, our church service live, what I can tell you right now, the most important thing you can do is know that Christ loves you and that he gave his life for you and that by his grace, he gives us this gift of salvation. And we turn from our old way of life and we ask him to come in. We surrender those things and he brings forgiveness into our lives. And then he promises us this eternal life that we're to have. And if you're here and you're listening and you're this morning wanting to make that decision, I want to pray with you. And I would ask that you just pray after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning and you go to our website, uh, you can go through prayer requests. There's a link there and you can tell us that you did and we'll reach right back out to you and talk to you about that decision that you've made. If there's those out there right now that um, want to stay connected, um, you can email us at intercessorchurch at gmail.com. You can call the office at 516-599-3780 and know that we're praying for you. And we want to hear how God is working and moving in your life. If you're someone who has a need and can't leave the house, please contact us and we're going to figure out a way that we could better serve you. Amen? Amen.